Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor storyline and editing podcast. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Natalie. Natalie, can I have your jacket? Natalie? So so you're Angelina? Yeah, for this podcast, I am Angelina. I am the official Stangelina. Oh, what an honored guest. (laughs) Yeah. So you're ready? Oh, yeah. This was... In my opinion, this was not the best episode. Uh, it was, it was. I think it was solid. The second half was really fun. What a great tribal council! Uh, we have that to, tribal council is like greatest of all time. I have to do my regular one for this one because it's it's episode five, jackets and eggs. Which castaway said that title? Jeff Probst oh. chose to make his own dumb comment right before the vote. Winner, the episode title winner contender himself, Jeff Probst. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Not even a good quote, Jeff. Like, come on. It does sum Go- up the episode perfectly, though. I guess. But, like, yo, you could have used any of the quotes that uh, one of the actual contestants said, Jeff. <laughs> a lot of them talked about it. You could have named the title, I went to culinary school, or anything that Lyrissa said, something that Natalie said. So many choices that reference this. Yeah, just like, yeah, all that. It was such a good quote episode, though. Or even, and- can I have your sweater? and like when i watched it live i was like yeah this is definitely the worst episode but now looking back i'm like there's a lot of good things still going on in this episode yeah it's definitely the worst episode but it's this is such a great season that even the worst episode's still pretty damn good yeah so super high hopes yeah and honestly like when i was when i was watching live i was kind of groaning at like all the uh storm content like basically the beginning of this episode was edited as show how five or six different people perceive the storm and how it affects <laughs> their game and that's true. like it was getting a little tiring but actually like that's the sign of a really good season that an event can happen and you can cut to gabby uh giving this super introspective uh confessional about how the storm is like it's something that she is happy to see because she doesn't have much time in the game because if her tribe loses then she might be in danger which elevates uh gabby's story we elevate natalie's story who loves the storm even when it's literally lightning and pouring um so i think it's super fascinating uh and it's such a sign that proves that we're in such a good season of survivor that they can just trust uh in their cast to just deliver good content on this one incident. Like, I think it's... I didn't think it was the most captivating segment, but I think it's a good sign moving forward and looking back. Yeah, we absolutely have really strong, solid characters that can carry low strategic moments like that. But I do think this episode showcased some, like, just flaws generally with the way Survivor is now. Um I feel like they shouldn't be at a location that has now required evacuations twice. Um, Especially when it seems that, at least with Fiji, it's really, really nice peachy weather or requires the evacuation. Like, it's never going to be, like, bad but doesn't require evacuation. Uh, Basically, it has high, high swings. It's either completely fine like in heroes healers hustler joe describing it as like a vacation uh like a (laughs) chill resort uh or literal water like literally would have killed somebody this episode like you should find a location that isn't one or the other we need we need a location with a good winners at it yeah consistent and good um the other thing is the inconsistent closing 
that they are giving people becoming like an actual focus point. And I would get it if they were allowed to like choose their clothing because that's a choice you made. But they are like, I guess they get to select a range of clothing and then the producers are like, this is what you're wearing. Which... Yeah, but I imagine if like, if Kara or Angelina even, like one of the pretty girls goes out there and uh, picks just, um, what's it called? Uh, one, uh, what, uh, the, the full pajamas, you know, like. A onesie. Onesie, yeah. If they pick just onesies, they're not letting them go on. Like, they're like. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm sure you have a selection, but. They're gonna if you give them like I'm sure if they you give them five sweaters on Angelina she, they're gonna say no they're gonna be like no wear a bikini. Yeah, there was an article on Reddit earlier today that was talking about like how that was part of the reason Purple Kelly quit in Nicaragua was that she had to wear like really skimpy clothing the entire time and it was a bad weather season so I think that's part of it. Yeah, I'm all in favor of everybody getting a jacket or no one getting a jacket or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like some, like, Hunger Games, like, equal uh, level, like, jumpsuits or something. Yeah, like, I mean, I <laughs> I, I actually re- I loved all the jacket content in this episode, so maybe I'm being a little hypocritical. I don't want this to be a common thing. I like this as a one iconic episode yeah, that they sure. opted to. I think it was the right call to edit this way instead of, um, like, really making it a strategy thing. This was a... Fun, lighthearted moment, which I love that it seems this season is not afraid to just edit the episode. It's like a comedy almost. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, And that, honestly, in my opinion, from Dan finding the idol on was extremely top tier Survivor watching. Yeah, for sure. Before then was just so slow and like having the reward challenge. Like, doing Storm into reward challenge into commentary on Storm was an awful back-to-back, I think. Bad pacing. Yeah. And then I think the last problem I might have is the challenges. Like, for me, it just felt like both were just a lot of physical stuff, and then the puzzle was the great equalizer, but I'm kind of tired of the puzzle being the great equalizer. They weren't even puzzles, really. They were, like, uh, like skill things. Carnival games. Yeah, carnival games. I, I prefer puzzles to carnival games because at least you can kind of predict how someone's going to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these challenges were whatever, kind of mediocre. I kind of liked the snake thing, but... Oh, most, yeah. I like... Like, like that would be cool to play with, but... Yeah. It's just one wrong move and you're, like, back at the bottom and, yeah. like... I don't know. It seems I, yeah. very hard to be skilled at. They certainly weren't particularly um, captivating... Uh, challenges. The one thing I'll say about the challenges, uh, I absolutely and we'll get to it more with Gabby later I absolutely love this editing choice of making Gabby's story the story of she can't lose a challenge Um, because it adds stakes to it where, like, adds stakes to the situation where they've made Gabby super sympathetic and also made it abundantly clear that she's leaving if they ever lose a challenge and having her directly reference that look in the camera, be like you know um, if we lose the challenge, I might be going, or I, I will be going, and if we lost this reward challenge, so I need to make sure that we're not overconfident next time. I love that choice of just adding that extra stakes to the situation, because uh, I think there's a huge demographic of people, myself included, who often finds that the challenges are the most boring part, and that part where I'm like, oh my god, I hope Gabby's tribe wins, I hope Gabby's tribe wins, really adds a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on with Tiva and their performance in the immunity challenge, especially, 
with like John stepping down and letting Christian do it, and then Christian having this big reaction to winning. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have Dan getting the idol, which was such a weird moment. And then, of course, who could forget Allison? I mean, just, oh, wow. Before we go much further, uh, I think I understand why, uh, the foreshadowing for the rest of this podcast, I think I've figured out why uh, Allison's being purpled. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. We'll like, get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it later, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, I was a firm anti-purple person last season. This one, I think I understand. But, okay, let's uh, move on to the next segment that we do, which is uh, we recap all the stories of the season that we're noticing. And this week, I think, uh, this uh, I wish I could take credit for catching this. I really should have caught uh, this. I think maybe the story of the season is in episode one, Jeff Probst is doing his little speech about um, sort of the qualities of what a good survivor player uh, is and what the game's about. And he talks about how uh, the difference between David and Goliath and survivor in general is the naturally charming versus the socially awkward. Uh, and it cuts in that moment from Kara to Gabby. Um, and five episodes in, we have about a million confessionals roughly about charm and how that plays into the game and also socially awkwardness and how that can also add into one's charm and at this point i think i'm willing to say after car's confessional today that this is 100 percent a story and gabby is the spokesperson of the socially awkward and Kara is the spokesperson of the socially charming uh naturally socially charming and that is a contrast we're supposed to be really paying attention to in this season. Hmm. I definitely see it. Like, almost everyone across the board is either shown as charming in some way or awkward. And it's not just, like, the Gabby type of socially awkward. But if you think about how Natalie is, she's awkward in a different way. And it rubs and rubs and rubs at her tribe until it finally gets her voted out. Mm-hmm. But um, I Even don't know John. if I'm as- yeah. John refers to himself as more socially awkward than he might seem. Uh, and this episode, uh, Christian's charm apocalypse. Uh, mm-hmm. y- you have so much, or yeah, the, he said charm apocalypse. You have so much reference to the idea of charm and socially awkward. And I feel like it actually hasn't taken a strong ch- uh, stance on which one's better. And that's very interesting. I think John is an interesting point because he always is bringing up how he's a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's the answer. It's a good old, well, maybe neither, maybe neither extreme is correct. And Christian is also a good spokesperson for that as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when you say Kara is for the social charm, I'm, I'm really hesitant to say that's a good thing because it could be a bad thing. Absolutely. I'm not so strong on Kara. Uh, foreshadowing for later, but I'm definitely much higher in Kara this week than I was in previous weeks. Uh, way, way high, way, 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 way higher, in fact. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, yeah, no, like, and looking back, like, you have that wonderful sepia-toned, uh, at night moment between Christian and Gabby, where Gabby is pleading to Christian, being like, you're just so much more charming than them, like, like, uh, they're so confident, like, that moment. It also plays into it. So many of these biggest moments play into this theme. And I agree that John and Christian uh, stand notably as the people who are firmly in the middle. And Kara and Gabby stand as the people who are firmly on the polar opposites. And 
the minute it makes it clear which one is winning, or like which element is winning, which philosophical power is better, uh, is the minute I think things will be very clear. Mm-hmm. But I really think like this is like I think this is the main theme that they're going for right now. Yeah, I think you're right. We should have cottoned on to this way earlier because yeah, it's very apparent in so many so many people's games. Yep, like. And it's also kind of peculiar, because I don't know how this occurs, but, like, I feel like charm is not a common word used on Survivor, but everyone is talking about it for whatever reason in this season. Yeah. You've got, like, people with southern charm, mm -hmm. like Nick, or I think Davies brought it up, so. Yep. Uh, And, yeah, like, again, Kara's first confessional talks about uh, she's a cheerleader, so she knows how to charm people. All that kind of stuff. Mm. Super apparent. And definitely something to watch out for in the future. Uh, yeah, I think I think we finally hit the nail that we were missing uh, in previous weeks. But that's not to say that there aren't other stories uh, that we have going on. Um, so obviously, the old staple from the start has been the whole turning your strengths into advantages. What is uh, the advantage? That whole thing, the difference between a David and Goliath. Um, and I'm not sure how much it was super relevant in this episode. I always try to point out where, like, people bring up their lives, and I think in this episode it was Lyrsa um, talking about her experience as a chef and knowing what to do with the eggs mm-hmm. versus Natalie. Um, but, yeah, otherwise I don't know if it was apparent. You got that uh, moment at the challenge after Elizabeth wins it for Vuku where she's like, that was all my experience was slingshot hunting squirrels or whatever. Yeah. So... They it was were, a bizarre, <laughs> like, yeah, it continues to be bizarre for Elizabeth, but it's another moment I feel where they really focus on when it is pertinent to a David mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, this is one of their strengths coming out in the game of Survivor. This is from all their time. They've been working with ropes for their whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback to the previous episode. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's like... And this episode wasn't super, super prominent, um, but yeah, like, like they didn't really argue too hard to define the difference between a David or Goliath this episode, again, because it was kind of cartoonish. It was kind of the downfall of Natalie episode. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I guess that it is what it is on that front. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about it this week. Yeah. I think one that gets a little stronger is the empathy versus looking out for yourself one. I think we especially see this with uh, Jacket Gate, as it were. Yes. Um, especially Nick. because of the way it develops, where it's not just shown as sort of a villainous thing by Natalie and even Angelina, but like you see Nick and Lyrsa talking about it, and it makes Nick consider what Natalie's doing to be bullying. Yeah. And Lyrsa calls it mean. Yes. At the Tribal Council. Uh, so I think. Yeah, I still don't, like, like this is such an interesting theme for this season because I think you're right. Like, this episode was all about it. Like, the Jabeni tribe's entire kind of story was about, like, this whole situation. And it makes it super interesting to me, anyway, that the person who was kind of portrayed the most empathetic was almost... Uh, brought down for it in Angelina. Like, 
she she was like Jeff Probst refers to her as the mediator, and yet I think she came out of this episode looking tertiarily like mean and a bully. And I think that's yeah. very interesting. I think Angelina is a difficult one for me to process right now. Um, but yeah, the whole like culmination of it is that Angelina like essentially turns on one of her own and wants their jacket. And like, so she's still looking out for herself, even if it's like against her own. It's very strange. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Because we're still, I think, writing the way where we're not sure if looking out for yourself is the good thing or the bad yeah. thing. And if the, it's like a nuanced position, like Nick looks out for himself, right? Like, and by being like, no, like, what do you mean? Like, no, I'll, if I'm going, I'm bringing my jacket with me, you know? Like, the whole thing is just so odd. Because, um, like, normally, like, it'd be more obvious which way we're supposed to be buying this. But I feel like Natalie as a character made everything so, like, perplexing because she does serve as that mirror. She does serve as that, like, almost beyond human uh, reflection. And it just made it very scrambled, you know? Yeah. Scrambled eggs. Exactly. For instance. Yeah. Um, I think um, maybe one other minor example of this is Dan sort of just dismissing Gabby and being like, well, I need to make sure she doesn't have an idol. Yes. So instead of like shoring up social positions. Yeah. I really thought that scene was going to be Dan going to Gabby and being like, Hey, uh, I got you. And then be like, now if we go to the merge, she's going to be with me. But instead it was like, I'm going to find the idol just so she can't find it. Yeah. Which is very strange. Very wild. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. We'll see. Dan's another weird one. I, yeah. And like, it's also weird. Like he got a really positive portrayal for that, which is almost, which is very strange. Like often you don't get the heroic music to somebody being like, I'm not even going to consider working with this person and just do something just to spite them. Ha ha ha. But you got like the happy music and him smiling and it's very strange. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about another character who we don't know how to slot in yet with Gabby. Like, mm. is she just like sort of an emotional mess or are we supposed to be rooting for her and hoping she makes it through this? Yeah, I, I, 100%. So. And yeah, like she is almost like the voice of the empathy uh, because she can't look after her. She can't look after herself. And I think that's is one of the keys to understanding this story. Mm hmm. All right, so next up we got the one that I brought up last week and sort of the variance in race relationships, which did kind of come up again, which at this point I'm convinced this is just Davey's story, uh, whatever it means. Uh, Davey talks about it a lot. Um, hmm. and Can you rem- remind me where this came up? Yeah, yeah, so in this episode, um, it, it was in a Davey confessional. Um, it was just... It wasn't huge in this one, but it was, I think just a like kind of like a thematic reminder of like, um, like I'm gonna make sure that they don't vote, uh, like my black ass or something along those lines. Um, hmm. okay. But like, I don't know. I definitely think this is gonna keep continuing to come up, and I think it is gonna be major for Davy. Um, yeah. It wasn't super relevant in this episode, though. Oh yeah, for sure. Like at all. Um. 
Which is weird, because now Carl and Davy are together, and this is when it needed to shine. Yeah, some, which I honestly know. I think was very bad for both of them. Because um, they were established as a duo in the first episode, and then uh, mm-hmm. for nothing when they reunite. Just very strange. Yeah. I don't know. I think it was really bad for one of them, and maybe I'm just too, like, on the train of Davy to <laughs> see. On the Davy so, train, as they will. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Davy train. That's yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I would say our the stories we're about to go through are just like groups and how they're factoring in cuz next up on the list is the girls story, which really um, wasn't a role at all. No, they're all pretty disparate except for maybe Elizabeth and Kara and yeah. Elizabeth was shown not as like <laughs> loving Kara. Not not loving Kara, so yeah, but we just saw Gabby on her own. Um, I mean, Angelina and Natalie worked together, but it wasn't, like, girl power-y. At all, It was, no. like, cold power, like, we're cold and need jackets. Yep. And I think, actually, an interesting thing here is, because uh, this, is, again, it's Angelina's story, I think. It just obviously did not connect to Natalie at all. Like, yeah, Natalie, Natalie happens to be a girl, but not in the way that they're, like, like she's not a girl in this uh, theme like uh, under the umbrella of this theme. Um, yeah. Like there's a specific group of girls that it's connecting to. Um, yeah. And that they're a natural underdog in that way. Um, but yeah, it wasn't super relevant. It is kind of interesting that in this episode, uh, Angelina isn't just cold in terms of temperature, but also in she's w- cold and she's willing to go for the jacket. Uh, I like that. It compares both of those meanings of the word cold uh and i think that's just like the personal description we're supposed to have for angelina and then i guess in the same way i think we really are getting the villainous female alliance and i really think that angelina is gonna be the head of it i don't know angelina like i said is weird and confusing and i don't know if she's a villain she i think at this point 100 percent a villain but we'll see Mm, i think she's a big character yeah maybe it's a nuanced person but we'll see um so next up, we got the whole nerds thing. Uh, I still think this is super important. It really didn't play a role at all this episode because yeah, Tiva and um, Vuku's content was basically the storm is really bad, and Christian's one of the boys. That's basically yeah. all uh, that really occurred. Um, yeah, the closest thing is like Haas, like the avocado. Yeah, which is just such. It's just Christian being Christian. So yes. That's not really the nerd story at this point. But. Yeah, but, like, we do have this nerd alliance based on nerdiness. We have a bunch of people subscribing to the idea of being nerds or not, uh, and that continues to play a role. This episode was just honestly kind of a bizarre episode, and that's kind of why we're zooming through a lot of these stories, is that the storm dominated a lot of the content on the episode, uh, which left it very uneven. But the unevenness, I actually think, is very important, and we'll get to that when we get to the tribes. Yeah, yeah, I think we're covering all the stories as they came up. It's just that a lot of it is like the storm, and that's not a story that's going to be sticking yeah. around other than when it's storm. Angelina is cold because of the storm ish. Uh, so next up is uh, named alliances, which speaking of the brochachos, I think that was about it. Well, I mean, yeah, like the brochachos are a new named alliance that we've been added. This time, created by Dan, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is the first one created by someone other than Christian or uh, Nick, and that's pretty interesting. Uh, but in addition to that, 
Uh, it's kind of interesting that we have this uh, theoretical slam town alliance of Gabby, Christian, and John. And then we also have Brochachos with Dan, Christian, and John that are both named, that are both separate. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Tiva's going to Tribal Council next time, and I'm excited to see those dynamics play out. I think it's Jibeni again. I, there's, I don't think there's a way lyricism emerge, but maybe I'm just going to fall. Maybe she's my Angelina. Well, or, now, uh, no, uh, Angela, sorry. Oh, yeah. Now I kind of just want her there because she has great reaction faces and <laughs> whatever story they'll let her play. I'm here for it. She's okay. So. She's okay. I just I feel like she doesn't really have she doesn't really have a story at all other than people thinking she's the weakest, but she's not. Yeah. Uh, so that I guess that's what it is for me. Uh, the only other thing about this this uh, named alliances thing is I mean obviously Nick pays off big time by having his named alliance in yeah. Mike. Um, and that's basically all how it was shown. It's like oh yeah, na- named alliance, they're good. Boom. I and Allie's gone. I could do with less air guitar. <laughs> um, speaking of Natalie, we'll conclude our stories right. with the conclusion to her story, which is Natalie as a mirror. And She's I think never the center of the drama. <laughs> cute, great, Lyrsa face. So <laughs> like, yeah, I think maybe the mirror just turned on Natalie itself, and it's like an infinite reflection, and she was destroyed. So, yeah. It was good while it lasted. I'm glad Natalie had a story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and she had a very prominent, I think, pretty good story uh, that was well-developed, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was obviously it's, one note. But... It's very one note. I mean, we're all here for the pure red edgic bar. But yeah. it's, I, I don't know, a story has, like, development. And I will get to her. I mean, Natalie didn't go anywhere, really. I'm actually, like... Until last week, I was pretty confident she was making it super far. Um, I'm kind of sad that it ended like this because I really thought it, we were we were gonna get a redemption arc. And that's my only disappointment is that there wasn't that. Instead, yeah. she's just like Roger from Amazon or something. There's like, <laughs> like no no redemption. Like yeah yeah she just she does make fire faster than anybody else on the entire planet. That apparently. was insane. We'll like, get to that when we get to her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we're she gonna got flamethrowers for hands. Natalie Craze. Uh, yeah, we're going to make her go last because send off to the queen. Yeah, the queen We're going to have ourselves queen. a Natalie funeral. So we're going to start with the tribe that... Won immunity first. Vuku. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with Alec, who also, again, got content in this episode, which is fun. Like a um, little. Not very much. <laughs> okay content, though. Like, you know. Um... Clearly, the edit is trying to tell us that he made a terrible move. Yes. Um, that's basically what this showed. Uh, he thinks the entire tribe is his extra votes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just not shown in the greatest light. It is one of those no. situations where Alec hasn't been winning since, like, maybe episode two. So I'm not really paying as much attention. But, I, yeah, I don't think what he got helped his case any. No, not at all. And I actually... Like, for a long time, I've been thinking that he's going to at least make the merge. Uh, I don't actually... I think he's perfectly vulnerable next week uh, yeah. after this episode. Yeah, for sure. And my, I guess my conspiracy theory is... Not conspiracy, but... I think somehow Dan's going to pass an idol to Kara or something, and that then it's going to result in Alec going. But I'm not 100% Ooh, sure. That's I my conspiracy theory. I think of that, theory. but that's fun. Yeah. Because that would explain a lot. Like, Dan having two idols. He sees Kara's in danger. 
uh, all his content's about Kara. Um, Kara's oh, now I- against Alec. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, let's build on that. He passes one to Kara, and then Tifa goes to Tribal Council, and they vote out Dan because he doesn't. That have would to. be hilarious. That would be incredible episode of television. Yeah. Huh. I guess I, the, the uh, yeah. episode or the next time on didn't really lead to that. They would have totally been like, and one survivor makes a huge move that could change. Actually, the yeah, game. that's a good point. Yeah. So. Ah. Oh. oh man. Well, I, okay. I th- I think at some point Dan's gonna give Car an idol. That's my. I guess that's my prediction that we're talking about during the Alec segment. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we got like. I think this is all. Really fast. Says all we need to about uh, Alex's long-term chances. In this yeah. Game. So let's talk about someone way more visible, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Carl Bordreau. Carl, I read the tree mail, whatever <laughs> his last name is. Uh-oh, Carl. Carl's not a winner. Yep, Carl uh, was on my, not necessarily near the top or anything on my board, but uh, like probably like sixth, and he is <laughs> no longer on it at all. Yeah. Yeah, he's plummeted down with, like, Gabby, which is, like, I'm just really confused. I have him below, significantly below Gabby. Honestly. <laughs> I, I, at this point, I would be shocked if he won. Like, this was, like, he's always he's been writing that line of, like, okay, I can kind of see it. He's kind of boring. Like, you don't want to throw him in, but. But he um, needed something as he was just entering Vuku, being like, okay, so they voted out of Goliath, so I think I'm in a good place. Remember that I have this idol nullifier, and they didn't do that. Yeah. And like they yeah, had he didn't re- even get comment. He basically only read the tree mail, and that's it. He did get to talk to Kara about mm-hmm. her status, but yeah. Yeah, that's Carl. I think he'll be like, Fifth or sixth place, weird fan favorite. I think that's possible. I I don't really know where he'll end up, but um, not in the end is basically where I'm reading that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we got Davy, uh, the Kentucky something chicken boiled ambassador himself. Kentucky boiled chicken. Oh, boiled chicken! <laughs> I, I literally like- rewatched that clip. <laughs> like 15 times and could not figure out what he was saying you said that in the group chat and i was like okay y'all like this will click for you but apparently not like nope, yeah not at all like kentucky fried chicken so kentucky boiled chicken because they can't fry chicken on survival i heard bowl i kept hearing bowl <laughs> chicken or bald or something and i was like i don't get like is it because they're not taking off the feathers <laughs> or something like i really didn't understand what he was saying but yeah that makes so much sense that makes so much sense so yeah, that he just had weird content this episode. Like, this is the first time where I've been like, oh, he might just be like a fun character. Like I he don't might know. just be. I feel like Golden the editors Boy. were really doing things to make him seem relevant in an episode where he wasn't relevant. So yeah, he's still my number one pick. It's like hard though. He still doesn't have the relationships we everyone seems to expect. Yeah, him. Th- like, while this episode was really bad for Carl, in my opinion, because he was invisible, this was almost equally bad. Mm, not equally bad, but still pretty bad for Davey, because the one thing I kept saying, like, uh, this entire season, like, yeah, he doesn't have uh, any relationships, really, but he has that duo with Carl that was explained in the first episode. And where did that go? Uh, <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Um, I guess you could potentially argue that that Davey-Kara scene was... If they continue to work together, that's a good sign. 
Yeah, but we saw Cara Elizabeth, not Cara Davy. Gosh dang it. No, but yeah. I want Davy to win now. Yeah, um, I, I, uh, Davy was my number one last week, and I am a little bit lesser after this week because unless his duo is Cara, and this was a sneaky way to do it, um, where Elizabeth believes in Alec and Davy believes in Cara, uh, and that's maybe the story of next week, and then it's Cara who survives, Davy wins out, happiness ensues. Then I could see Davy winning, but um, it's yeah. pretty bad that his number one ally swapped to him and that ally was invisible and he didn't talk about him. I think part of the problem, too, is we're seeing a lot of big characters in the other tribes that definitely have longevity and we're not seeing them. Davy attached to them. And so, yes. I mean, I guess that's not necessarily like the worst, but it doesn't usually mean you're winning. Yeah, for you me, know? I'm now more on the idea that um, Davy is just going to be like a fun character, probably makes it really far, does some cool stuff. I think he's our Michael Yerger. Hmm. But anyway, I guess that's I don't know about Davey. that one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, like for me, it's just like Davy just reads like, like now I, like I was like, okay, I'll give him till this point, And it feels like he didn't cross the line that he needs to. But I mean, I don't know. I, I could like, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Like he's probably fourth on my list. It's just, he went from first by a decent margin to quite quite a bit lower. Yeah, I think my problem this week was that my list is starting to narrow down to like people I don't want to consider. Like, oh, like this person might be in fifth on my list, but they're not really like someone I'm heavily thinking will win this game. Yeah, I get that. I get that. All right. Uh, next up, we got Elizabeth, who I think had an incredible episode, but again. Her episode three was so terrible. Yeah. I don't really have her in contention. It's still and it still doesn't feel right for her winning. No. Like it she's feels, a big player. Yeah. But not yeah, not winning. Yeah. And like I get that it she's getting, it makes so much sense. It looks just like like Adina or someone like that who's like a strategy in your face player who's really good, but just something's missing where you can't really perceive them at the end. She feels like the Michael Yarger to me. Yeah, that's actually probably, like, not bad. Like, it basically, just she doesn't have any consistency. Um, I think a lot of casual fans are going to really glom on to Elizabeth and be like, yeah, she's yeah. the one. Yeah, and I mean, like, even, like, like we saw in episode two her pull off this incredible blindside and then get Gabby get all the credit for it. And then in this episode, or in last episode, she pulled off this amazing thing uh, where she got Alec to flip. And it, the only person who got to really comment on it was Kara. Uh, that's yeah. another um, another knife in the back of Elizabeth. And that even in this episode, she just doesn't get the credit she deserves when yeah. she pulls off these moves. But they do choose to show her doing them because she is captivating and important to the story. But it's almost um, one of my favorites, Michelle Schubert esque, where she completely vanishes when she does not 100% needed. Ooh, yeah. I could 100% see her suffering a similar fate of a really tragic boot to a very strong player. Yeah. Also, Elizabeth, known for her love of dragons. It's true. They, they both love dragons. <laughs> so Michelle, to... Michelle Schubert for second chances. Next up, Kara. Uh, um, so, I was wrong about Kara. <laughs> okay. A lot of my friends have been like, I really think Kara's going to win. I'm like, ah, is she... And I think I am officially on the Kara hype train. Oh, no. It makes so much sense to me. Um, 
She's the voice of the charm. Uh, she's the one who gets to comment on this. She's not going anywhere. She has plot armor for Dan, so that's good. In addition, uh, we get that awesome scene in episode two, I believe, uh, in the challenge where she replaces Angelina. She's willing to be there for somebody um, with a really weird focus. Um, over and over again, she's protected uh, from looking bad. She's, I don't know, I, she's not my number one, but honestly, if she gets a good episode ne- next week, she might be. Um, honestly, I think she's getting put into uh, strategy moments that probably didn't actually happen or might be a little bit, um, not didn't actually happen, but like are overemphasizing them. Um, I think the worst things for her are Elizabeth's doubt of her, um, that we know she's Goliath strong and failing to hide it. That to me is the single biggest red flag. And also, episode four wasn't super incredible, but I now 100% see what all these people are saying about Kara, um, because this is a crafted edit. This is definitely a crafted edit. She's clearly important. She's clearly outliving Dan. Uh, she's clearly going to be, like, the cutthroat, badass woman, woman character in this season. Uh, and I think she's going to be positive while Angelina's negative. And I don't know how that's going to play in, but I really do think that is going to be a huge moment. And for that reason, I really think that Kara could be a one of these winners that gets to the end and is just liked. Um, so that's basically what I'm thinking. I just have a lot of trouble seeing it. Um, I think episode two... More can be explained now by Angelina being very temperature sensitive rather than Kara being helpful. I mean, it's still a really weird thing because they did give focus to Kara helping. Not like Angelina is hot. But um, yeah, that's one. I think in episode three, she doesn't really get a comment on Natalie and Jeremy, even though she's Yeah, that is weird. That is not a great moment. Um, episode four, as you said, I think is just really bad for Kara because she doesn't really get in the middle of strategic stuff and she's like somehow super visible and kind of not visible at the same time. I do think episode four can be explained out as it's been edited that Alec basically blew up for no reason, um, is basically the ration, basically what they've told us. And I think it, they're okay with... Yeah, Carl was blindsided by the guy who made the worst move in Survivor history kind of thing. Um, so I think she's a little safe on that front. Uh, but yeah, like all those reservations are 100% good. And yeah, uh, I agree. And it's why I don't have her number one. I agree about this episode where like it's so blatantly like, yeah, I need to trust Elizabeth and get her back on my side. And then Elizabeth is like, I can't trust Kara. She needs to go over Alex. Yes. So, um, but basically with Kara, what I'll say is while I don't think she's a winner, I think I underestimated her big character kind of upside. Um, I think Kara is 100%, maybe not 100%, pretty close to that in the end game with a real shot to win, whether that is the winner or someone else. I don't know, but I think she's there. Yeah. She feels like kind of in Kellen's place, someone who's going to yeah. be a big character through most of the merch. And I say all these things and like the seasons got so weird that Kara is like fifth on my list, but she's the one I just don't want to like consider. Cause I think there's so many problems going on there. But, and I also think, I don't know, personally, I would be a little bit disappointed if Kara was the winner. Um, just because I like a lot of these characters a lot more 
And yeah. I think this is one of these weird seasons where a lot of the characters have good upside. Yeah, and I mean, Kara has surprised us, and we're saying that. Like, we thought Kara was going to be a super dead. Yes. Um, and I, I think another thing is that her being tied so much to Dan is still an interesting thing. Um, but I think the further Dan goes, the better for Kara, actually. Hmm. So, I don't, I don't know. know. That's the Vuku tribe. Um, and it's interesting that they got to comment on, like, they got the pre-tribal scene and everything, uh, and it was basically just, basically just about Kara. Um, I think it's, things are looking pretty good for the Vuku tribe, um, but I don't think as good as the Tiva tribe, which we'll get into next. Hmm. I don't know. Like, the Tiva tribe has given me reservations, because it's all these big characters that aren't getting as big of moments as I'd like. Yeah. I think that, so my thing before, I guess before we go further with the Tiva tribe, I think Tiva is our complex tribe. I do. Um, because we have this kind of weirdness of Christian and Don, John are a duo. Gabby and Christian are a duo. Dan and John are a duo. Dan, Christian, and John are a trio. Gabby, Christian, John are a trio. We, we're getting a lot of like interpersonal relationships in this tribe, um, which is a little comes off a little weird when there's only five people on the tribe and one of them is invisible. Um, but I do think that be, despite only having four people on the board, that there's a shocking amount of nuance and complexity to these relationships, hmm. uh, which really makes me think that this is our complex tribe. I don't know. It feels to me, their story feels a little like one dimensional almost. It's like, the three boys are really bonding, but Gabby's on the outs, and it's just kind of that over and over again in different dimensions. Mm, that's true. That's true. It's like, oh, today the three boys are chopping bamboo, and Dan calls Christian a brochacho, and Gabby's still on the outs, and Allison's over that's here. True. That's true. I, I guess I could, yeah. Speaking of Allison. <laughs> okay. She's here. How did you feel about Allison in this episode? She was, like, a little too loud every time she talked. Yeah, but like, I agree. weirdly inserted into the episode. Like, <sighs> it feels very much like, here's Allison. We're going to get rid of her next episode, so don't forget she's here. But, like... I agree. <laughs> how does that happen? I have no idea how that <laughs> happens. But literally, so like, we do this, like, uh, behind the curtain for all the listeners. Uh, we do this, like pick your eliminator game and i picked allison is like oh she's not gonna go uh and i was a hundred percent sure this was an allison boot episode like five minutes in because like she was like oh yeah the storm's just gonna pass over and that was like <laughs> immediately after like and she got like a confessional about like having to like step up her game or something and yeah you never know what's gonna happen and i'm like oh no every time she talked it seemed like the like she didn't talk much but when she did it was like completely weird and out of nowhere and undermining her yeah so i really do think she's our next boot or lisa like um i just can't imagine i don't know i just i think you're right like i think they inserted her uh i had a friend message me and be like wait who's allison um (laughs) this is a reintroduction so that we can boot her next episode um yeah yeah i really i don't know how this is gonna happen but i think it is not winning I mean, I guess I can see it where, like, if Allison and Gabby are teaming up, um, maybe word gets out to, like, Christian, who then says it to Dan, and then Mm -hmm. 
because Goliaths have gone anyway, they're just like, Welp, Goliath Strong is dead. So they like appease Christian for this moment and boo Allison. Imagine how bizarre it would be if (laughs) Goliath majority on three tribes ends in only Goliaths leaving post swap. Like that is bizarre. Isn't that what happened in Millennials versus Gen X? No, Millennials versus Gen X was some like there was some tribes that were millennial majority and some that were Gen X majority, and they every time the majority left. Yeah. Okay. But this is different, and then it is in the same way. But um, this is different in that one tribe is the majority in all three tribes. Like every tribe had a Goliath majority, and every tribe is booting a Goliath from what (laughs) we can tell. Yeah. That would be really interesting. I don't know if, like, the seven uh, Davids could then bring it back together for merge. I don't know. Yeah, like, if this somehow ends up in a Goliath getting begonged, like, that's that's bizarre. But, yeah, I don't know. Allison, honestly, I found her kind of grating, personally. She has kind of, like, a Kathy Griffin voice. Yeah, and she says a lot of ums and, like, (laughs) like... I get why she. I I genuinely understand why they kind of took her to the backseat, especially since I really don't think she's gonna last long. Um, and so they kind of just chose to get, do a balanced edit, accept her. It just feels like we saw like an okay Allison in like episode one, and then she went invisible, and now this is in a different Allison that I don't like. And I'm like, well, okay, if she goes, I guess that makes her interesting TV. So yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I, I like most purples. I don't. I really am against. But because of how balanced, honestly, the season's been, I don't really care that there's this one that they chose to put kind of in the background, who's not even that invisible. Like I don't think she's actually got an. Oh yeah, episode. for sure. So and like usually, I stand the invisibles, but this time I'm like nothing standable about Allison. Like nope. And like she like again like she like she did get content. It was just super forgettable. So, yeah. I mean, is what it is. Sorry, Allison. Yeah. Um, next up, we got Christian, who's the exact opposite of that. Um, <laughs> this was the smallest episode by a decent margin, but it almost yeah. doesn't feel like it. Yeah, like, I think last episode was also small for him, and it didn't feel like it. Just such a presence. I mean, that's all we ever talk mm-hmm. about is, like, what a unique presence Christian is. Like he... He's got charisma on a level that is, like absurd like he's so well spoken like i don't like he honestly feels like he was made in a lab to be like a great survivor character and he just has like such like great lines like today we're all davids and this is the goliath yeah and like like that's uh, a great like that's the thing like you got the great producer happy lines like that like so good and then off the cuff he's got like the avocado line like you there's this giddiness to him that's super inviting and exciting um the dude's like 100% gonna be playing like five times I think (laughs) unless he wins which hey I mean as people fall down and Christian is getting the edit that he would get anyway it's like well maybe he just does win yeah and like I think it's super extremely possible that he wins (laughs) um and like we always say, like this is always the hardest kind of thing to judge because like this is Rupert, this is Johnny Fairplay, like Rob Cesarino level character who just transcends the game. Yeah. And he's on all the ads, he's on everything. Like I think the one thing he said is like 
if Jeff is scared enough to make us leave the game, and I was like, would Jeff Probst admit to being scared ever yeah. in any way? So, but still. But, I mean, like, did they, like did they pay him to say that? Like, like they gave like the explanation <laughs> for why. Like, like it's so bizarre. Like, I like, he is so in your face as like the character of the season that it's almost hard to really view him objectively. But yeah, uh, I think I might honestly be on the Christian is the winner hype train at this point. Or honestly, I I genuinely can't see him getting voted out. Like, I really can't. Um, I really think he is either getting evacuated rocked idled out or winning i don't know i don't have a good example but like i feel like there are people that are like that at this point and then they just do get voted out yeah and it's like oh they're too likable or something like that yeah yeah i guess i could see that it just feels like like somehow these people like 37 like i remember preseason everyone's like you know like a lot of nerds have won recently like People are going to be looking at him, but still Dan looks at him like a defenseless puppy. Like John looks at him like a defenseless puppy. Like I don't get what's happening. <laughs> they clearly is not a factor at all on this, yeah. uh, on this Island at all. Yeah. He was picked as like the weakest guy or David male, but like, he's clearly the strongest almost like, yep. Wins challenges for his tribe. Like, yeah. Like I really think that he is an incredible survivor player too like he's yeah absolutely i don't know for me at this point i'm pretty confident we're gonna end up in like a game dominated by christian um and just whether he can bring it to the end or not yeah yep uh next up somebody who i actually think is playing a really good game on the beach and who is being edited quite differently than i think he's actually probably playing is our boy dan who just found his second idol um I really think that Dan is playing a genuinely incredible game and the edit is telling us that he is an idiot. Hmm. What, what makes you think that like recently that he's playing a really good game? It really seems like everybody genuinely likes him a lot. Um, at least from what I know from the preseason, he's super smart in this episode. He was spot on. Like he's like, yeah, I might not have much, but uh, I know how people how the idols are hidden, and that gives me the advantage. He turns his strength in having a previous idol into another advantage. Um, hashtag uh, story branding. But that, t- to me, shows a level of insight into game theory, which is far above a lot of the people in this season. Um, he has two idols. He expressed the reason he knew to get them was out of finding the previous one. Um, he has so many connections. It, I really feel like he is somebody who, I bet Jeff Probst and the producers at this point, like on day 10 or whatever they're on, or 13, 15. are like, yeah, I think Dan could win. Um, he'd be, I think he'd be on the top of a lot of their radars right now. And hmm. obviously he he's not, I think he's going to get like James Doubt. Like he's going to, he's our laughing stock character. And I think the reason his edit's been so weird is that, it's hard to make him look like that kind of person. Yeah. He feels like the odd person out right now. Like, when he was getting the idol at the challenge, he just felt like such a different person compared to the rest of the people on this season. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, I think his first three episodes have, like, pretty much destroyed any sense that we'll have that he'll be winning. But he does get, like, good content and is, like... Yeah, like... <laughs> supportable as a character i guess yeah he's fun like 
And honestly, if it wasn't for the heavy foreshadowing of his boot, he might look more like a winner. Um, yeah. He's definitely got way, 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 way too much. Like, Carr's going to rip his heart out and spit on it. Um, content, uh, which completely eliminates him, in my opinion, because I think Carr's 100% outliving him, which means that he's not winning. Because um, <laughs> that's how it works. Uh, but I actually really like him as a character. He's pretty fun. Um, and I think they're definitely putting the cartoon on him a little bit more than he actually is cartoonish. Yeah. I bet he's going to be like the merge boot, I think. Yeah. I don't think we'll have him much longer. In our side eliminator game, I think I'll be picking him pretty soon because I need to get him before he's in serious danger. I think I'm also going to be picking him and maybe regretting it next week, but we'll see. Um, I hope not. That'd be crazy. All right. Next (laughs) up, perhaps the main event, um, Gabby. (laughs) No. <laughs> okay. W- w- what did you like about Gabby this episode? So, Gabby continues to always have a story, always be able to comment on everything. Um, and this is the first episode, so all season we've been like, you know, Gabby just is like Aubrey's first episode, but we're five episodes in and she's still Aubrey's first episode. Um, mm-hmm. This was the first one where she got a rebound. Um, skies are looking better for Gabby. And she knows it, and she's articulating it to the camera. We're getting it on confessional. Um, and I really do think that this could be the story of Gabby. Because, like, a frequent thing for those, like the characters like this who have kind of, like, an emotional thing or whatever, it peaks and drops and peaks and drops. Gabby's had consistency. Gabby has a clear story that's sympathetic to the audience as to why she's upset. It's not just she's stressed. It's not... Anything like that. This is the first time I feel like we have this kind of story where the person is actually sympathetic and is actually um, explained in a way that makes sense with the actual actions that happened. Um, And I really do think this could be the story of Gabby um, rebounding. I really do think this could be the comeback story for Gabby. So Okay, and? I genuinely think that Gabby is a like top candidate to win even no! though it doesn't seem like ah! it oh no i i just don't think i saw as much in this episode as you did like if she had got what we've seen in the next time in Sur- on survivor in this episode like maybe but i feel like it was you know it's coming uh, I, it's just not moving fast enough i guess like this episode was her being like Oh, the storm, like, there's sun, there's sun, it's all gonna be okay, and then she got a lot of content about how if they lost still, she was going. And it just isn't, like, I feel like we'd see her trying to do things to avoid that, if she were winning. I agree. And I guess my thing is, somehow I, like, deep in my heart or something, when the way that this story is being told... I feel like it's the story of how Gabby outlives Christian. And I think we might be watching the weirdest Natalie Jeremy situation ever. Um, where I think Gabby's going to pick up the torch of Christian. Somehow. Oh, no. <laughs> However Christian ends up going. <laughs> which, again, I don't think is going to be a vote. Yeah, I really 10 minutes ago you just said he doesn't get voted out. I don't think he's getting... I think this is my thing. I think Christian is going to leave a little bit sooner than people expect not pre-merge not anything like that but probably like maybe second or third in the merge and then i think then i think gabby is going to pick up that torch i don't know how christian's leaving but i think it's going to be something outside of the factor outside of his power and then i think gabby is going to be 
the new Christian kind of thing, like like front and center. I really think that is what we're getting, but maybe maybe I'm crazy. Gabby's definitely also my favorite, so I definitely have this like bias. Um, <laughs> but um, I just hmm, like she wasn't shown very well in that episode three after that's true. Jessica was booted. Um, even in episode two, she is. She but okay. Very, but in if defense of episode three, <laughs> I agree that was a bad episode. But it was set up a story. It set up the story of Nick throwing Gabby under the bus. I don't think that story necessarily results in Nick winning. Um, that's the kind of thing where it was bad and that Nick was... Th- like That's something that clearly had to be foreshadowed and explained in that moment. Um, so to me, when it's a story-building negativity, that's l- significantly less bad than just like in-the-moment negativity. Um, and it was negativity that was specifically explained as a lie, right? Like, Nick was... a. Uh, like the perpetrator of it uh and he's blaming it on gabby and i feel like that is just going to be the start of gabby's second arc mm. her rebound is going to come from like surviving the nick blame or something like that like i really can see the world where gabby ends up in the end and like i don't know that's the thing is like for me gabby and kara being those two spokespeople of these two things i really think that we might be watching the story of Socially awkward somehow being better than so naturally charming, but I don't know. I don't know because we have so many people who are a mixture of both, and it feels yeah, like that's true. to say that one of the extremes is the winner and someone who is truly so extreme at being socially awkward. Like, I mean, it's time for your weekly like hate on Gabby segment, but like she's so like I don't know. Maybe I'm like being hypocritical, but I feel like I could do better than Gabby does just like dealing with people and the game. I mean, maybe not, but she's really like, like what's the word? Just haphazard and unsure, I guess. I just feel like she's always been shown as aware. So like even this week, she's like, we can't be overconfident. We have to win this challenge because if we don't uh, like I'm going home And then we get the segment of Dan being like, yeah, if we lose, Gabby's going home. There's always the explanation beforehand. There's always the rationale. Um, But there's nothing done. Like, I'm going home if we lose the challenge. But I really think that what we might get, I can see the winner montage of it being like, and, uh, you know, Gabby prospered on the David tribe and managed to pull off this amazing blindside. But Nick saw how dangerous she was, how manipulative she was, decided to plant seeds of dissent. And then Gabby swapped into a tribe that wasn't great for her, but she managed to managed to get a lucky break, turn her strengths into advantages, win some challenges for her tribe, and managed to uh, keep their egos in check enough that she managed to make it to the merge and prosper. That kind of thing. Like I can easily see that being the this being the dip in her winter winter montage. And it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I again, I'm not saying she's my number one. Oh, she's not your number one. She m- that was the no, impression okay. that I was getting. Okay, no. So for me, I think I have some some combo of John, Gabby, Kara at the top. Okay. And Christian four, and that's basically my that's my list. That's kind of changing every depend. Like I really feel like one of them is winning. I don't know which one. Uh, I probably have Gabby third. Hmm. Okay, like, I mean, she's just still so weird to me. I can't, 
like I said, she's down there with Carl, where it's really weird. Yeah, I really don't think we've ever had an edit like Gabby's at all. Absolutely not. Like, definitely not one I can remember or anything even close to it. And for me, generally, when I see weirdness, I see potential winner. And that's where I'm leaving her. Like, looking at her edit bar, for me, it's a different edit every week. And it's, like, OTTs and CPs and MORs. And, like, that reminds me of Crystal Cox, who is also, like, a different edit every week. And I don't know. I guess some people thought she was winning as well. But, like, that's Gabon. So, like, that's a... Yeah, Gabon doesn't count. Gabon is the... uh... (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. An interesting character. I like her. I don't think we've seen anyone really like her. Like, even Aubrey... Like I said, Aubrey, like, came out of it so quickly. Yeah, she is nothing like Aubrey at this point. Like, really, I think she's almost a new archetype. Um, I guess she kind of looks like them, but she's not like them. Yeah. Um, And I think it's super fascinating. I love this. I I just love every time she's on camera. She's fantastic. She was on that rock, which did you... For the rock, did you see that she was sitting on it pretty comfortably now? Like, it's not... <laughs> okay, yeah, when I first watched it, it looked like... I was watching it, and I was like, how is she sitting on that rock in her confessional? <laughs> like, it literally looked like she was, like, in the most uncomfortable position of all time. Um, on second watch, it was a little bit more natural, but... Yeah. Yeah, it was what it was. It was like a cozy rock chair. Yeah, it was a more comfortable-looking rock than I thought. <laughs> Speaking of The Rock, he was a wrestler. Also a wrestler, yeah. <laughs> so, on to John. Not a great episode for John, but not a bad one either. <laughs> it's just like, I get it as like an undertoned winner's edit, but like, it's John Hennigan. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Like, this is too light. That's the thing is, I don't like... That's what, because, like, I'm sure you could be making him into, like, this is the one that's, the reason I think I will always consider John is, because I think I can exactly predict the edit he would be getting if he wasn't winning, and it would Mm -hmm. be not, like, anything like this. Hmm. Yeah, it just, it just feels weird. Like, part of me is like, oh, what if John goes next episode? Like. (laughs) I don't think there's a chance. I really think. Honestly, this might be extreme. I think John is either Brad Culpepper losing in Game Changers or he's winning. Or fourth place. I think he's in the top four. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I had cooked up a scenario where he went as, like, the last pre-merge boot, but I don't remember it. So, but yeah, he's, like, number four on my winner's list, but... Like, and I'm already, like, hesitant about having Kara as a serious contender. And, like, John's even up there. Or it's just too, like, there's nothing to it. So, I don't know. Something needs to happen, like, next episode. Especially if, like, Allison and Gabby are starting to work together. Like. I agree. Like, I definitely think there's a chance that John just, like, um, like, completely peaks at the merge episode. Gets, like, CPP5. And is, like, the power player who doesn't win. I think it's very possible he's, like, the Dominic. Hmm. He does have that, like, unresolved storyline with Natalie. Which I which actually think... Oh, yeah, that's actually something I uh, I want to bring up. Uh, that's actually super good, in my opinion, for his winner chances. Um, because 
it's a pattern that we've seen a lot recently where like for example ben and alan and triple h ben refers to alan as his number one ally just to be able to show ben doing some strategic stuff um i think it makes so much sense to have um show john doing that to just show him as a strategic person that keeps him away from all the drama of the goliath tribe in general um it makes a lot of sense honestly if he wins oh, yeah. that they would hype because up the natalie connection natalie's like not never the center of drama so exactly i just then why not show like that strong angelina connection because in the alliance of six he's with angelina uh well okay so my my take on that is that's all we're meant to laugh at that i think that was uh negative foreshadowing uh natalia thought she had alec Kara has dan and angelina has john we know now that one of those <laughs> turned out very badly uh, and I think we're both very confident that Kara Dan's going to show up, turn up very badly. Um, I can't imagine Angelina and John are going to be friends in this game. You don't think so? I think because you brought this up last week, and I think your theory was that it would flip the script and John would get out Angelina. Is that right? Wait, pardon, sorry. I think last week you said that this last one would sort of like flip the script and John would be the one getting out Angelina. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I think it is extremely possible. Um, I think we're going to have... I don't actually know which way it's going to go, necessarily. I think John's going to come out on top, but I think we're going to have a John and Angelina, like, uh, quote-unquote, breakup to uh, serve that showmance fear. Hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I think think that's what we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get John and Angelina working together. Um, I think it was a... I think the results are showing that that's a doomed alliance. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really know where John ends up. It's so like it's so much less than I expected that I don't know what exactly they're doing with him. Yeah, but it's so crafted and so protected too. Like that's the thing is like to me this almost looks like like you know the always the hypothetical of like what if Philip Shepard won uh Redemption Island and it's like oh well we wouldn't have seen a lot of what he did. Um mm. Call me crazy. This kind of looks to me like what if the uh, crazy cartoon character person wins and they have to kind of uh, throw that person, like mold that person into being more of a CP game bot kind of person. I don't. Mm, I feel like Philip was so like, I guess he didn't win though, but he was, I feel like John is very clearly doing positive things and like people like him, like they're interested if not in hearing his wrestling story, just, like, getting to know him as a person. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like you would show more of that. Especially if you're going into the storyline, like, who is John Hennigan? Yeah, that's I true. I don't know. That's the thing. I, I don't... I really don't know where John's gonna end up. But still, I do think it's gonna be in the end game. And I think he's... I think he's, like... While he's been a big character so far, I do think he's... His story's not even close to over, I don't think. And I think he's gonna come out way yeah. more over the top as we move on. Yep. And I think that's a, that's the biggest good sign for him, really. It's like it's very clear he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Tiva tribe. Currently, my prediction for the complex tribe, but for a complex tribe theory, you do have to consider all three or the entire entirety of the um, period, like the, the entirety of the era or whatever you want to use. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily mean that, but. The people who make the most sense as winners to me are all on that tribe, specifically Alice. It's a lot of people playing. <laughs> it's a lot of people playing really well, and so it's interesting to see them all stacked on one tribe. Yeah, and I really don't think there's m- 
I like despite thinking Allison's going. I still don't really think they're gonna lose, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know because they lost. They lost the reward challenge, and then they almost lost the immunities. So. And Gabby brought up overconfidence, which we didn't see. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. Huh. Okay, well next up we got Jabeni, the greatest Jack tribe member of all time. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with Queen Angelina. Angelina. Love this girl so much. Um, casting gold. Um, I love that, like, she goes for the jacket, gets, tries to get Natalie to go for the jacket, then vote, like, then, I guess, doesn't vote on Natalie, but is probably okay with Natalie going. Still tries to get her jacket. <laughs> Incredible. Like, cast more people like this who have strategic acumen but are also just great characters yeah it's just like and it's that thing where angelina kind of seems like a villain but also is very like collected and like rootable as a character like yes but does things like cringily like ask the person who just got voted out if she can have their jacket and And refers to herself as cold and even is like i think the interesting thing is like she didn't do anything different than Natalie. Natalie was just willing to do it. You know what I mean? Like, she want, she's the one who said she wants Lyris' jacket. Yeah. And Natalie was like, I'll get it for you. It wasn't shown as Natalie being awful necessarily in that moment. It was shown as Angelina trying to get Natalie to do something awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think she is literally getting the, like, that person everyone knows who, like, goes to your high school or whatever, is super successful, does really well in everything. And like deep down, you're like, you're like, girl, I hate that she's being so successful, but like, I'm okay. Like she's earned it or whatever. Like it's, I think that's <laughs> the kind of encapsulation of Angelina's edit is like, it's like, oh, how is she doing so well when she is this like kind of villainous person? Um, I think that's kind of what they're going for. Like they've aired a lot on the like, she's a vegetarian. She went to Stanford. She's had this miracle <laughs> life. And, like, every time she mentions stuff like that, I think the intention is to be like, oh, you're a little annoying, but you're so captivating. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. This episode, like, tanked. Like, I was really high on Angelina, but, like, this episode tanked it for me, and I'm still, like, she's down there. But I'm always thinking, like, how else would you edit Angelina for this specific circumstance? Yeah. Because you have to... Start at the end. You have to show this weird scene where she is asking Natalie for her jacket at the and end of Tribal honestly, Council. And honestly, like, it's just such, like, such a good, like, this whole jacket thief thing was such good TV that it's always airing, I think. Like, yeah. this is one of those segments that is always going to be on TV. Um, so... How do you show it? You show her being remorseful about it, I guess. You show her explaining it because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm, it's cold out here and I'm someone who runs cold, but we did see her get really hot. So I'm also wondering about that. Yeah. Is Angelina secretly a cold-blooded lizard person? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that could be the second half of her story. Um, um, but yeah, I'm just, it feels weirdly reasoned out but it's just such an odd circumstance that i can't i can't on a winner's edit perspective stan stan jelena like in my dreams she's number one and uh outside of my dream she is not even close 
Um, you've always been higher on her than me ha- than yeah. I have uh, on her winter chance. But I don't know. Mine and lowered even further. I think she's somebody that we're – I think she could win her second season. Mm, I can't think that far ahead. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think uh, – However, like obviously they found her through Adam Klein. Adam Klein should recruit more of his friends because she is the greatest, absolute greatest. Like everything you want in a Survivor contestant, I think. Yeah. Um, and I think she actually is going to be here a decent amount of time. I don't oh think, yeah. Yeah, like I could honestly see her as a losing finalist. Mm, I, don't I don't know how, know. but it really depends on how this merge shakes out. Yeah. Are we ready to move on to Lyrsa? Sure. Uh, graduated magna cum laude from wherever she went to chef school. Yeah. Like, good for her. Good job. And like, yeah, you should know how to cook an egg and how to store eggs. And yeah, but not winning. Not even close. <laughs> like, literally her story is like, I'm less bad than I look, but <laughs> still carrying over from that initial challenge on episode one. Um it's a super, like, people are saying that Natalie's content was one note. Lyris' content is the epitome of one note the entire season. Um, like, there's not even anything beyond just, I'm slightly better than I look. And, I don't know, I don't really love her as a character either, but. I really like Lyrsa. I think she's interesting whenever she shows up on the screen. She's, I love how she, like, like talks and, like, her reactions are great. And she just pretty genuine and a good character but yeah her story is really about her just like squeaking by and all that so yeah i agree like i feel like it's gonna be the story of like she got farther than she should have but it still wasn't very far (laughs) basically what i think i hope we see some merge lyrissa i honestly hope not because that would mean i'm (laughs) like honestly i like almost Unless it's Allison. I think I like everybody in the cast more than Lyrsa. Huh. Or in Carl. I'd be okay if Carl left, but Carl's not leaving. <laughs> like, the only realistic person who could leave over Alice or Lyrsa and I'd be happy is Allison. I think if Alec left, that'd be okay. I actually like Alec. I think he's pretty captivating. I like that he's just being edited as a goofball. Like, a dummy. <laughs> it's always fun when you just have somebody who, like, that it just, like, rails on. It's fun. Mm-hmm. So... Somebody who I've been kind of a long time considering, but never kind of just on like my like backbench of like, yeah, I guess I could see it. Who I finally eliminated is Mike. I really don't think there's a world where Mike wins and gets this edit in this episode. Yeah, I think I said a few episodes back that as people drop, Mike just gets better and better. But I think last episode we said that Mike doesn't really have big moments of content that are really memorable and i think that continued this episode and now i think mike's on the decline where the longer he continues to be like mostly unremarkable like mm-hmm. the worse and worse he gets i yeah, agree mike mike's someone who's up there for me because like it's not really a flawed edit but it doesn't have any like good parts either so yeah that's where i stand on mike yeah no like for me there's just no chance he gets so in this episode, he was the swing vote. Like, he and we he, we didn't get that at all. We just got him. He's voting Natalie. Um, it could have been a moment for him to be. He could have got Angelina's edit in this episode, and then I would have really considered him as a winner. 
Instead, he just got the I'm over Natalie, over the top kind of like she's bad, I'm good, blah blah blah. Edit. Um, yeah, it wasn't very. Yeah, I know we're supposed to stay Goliath strong, but this person is bad for my game. Like typical swing vote stuff. Yeah, we could have had him considering because you know that's like 100%. They asked him, "Are you sure? Like, can you weigh out the pros and cons?" Blah blah blah. Like that yeah. footage exists. They didn't use it. He's not winning. Like. And that's a little sad, I guess, because I actually think he's... I think he's a lot more fun than he has been in the past. Like, I like the... Um, she has, like, a PhD or whatever in ungraciousness. Like, that's funny. Yeah. Like, he's a funny dude. Um, this is probably, like, the more muted he could look, I think. Mm-hmm. And, very, yeah, he's just... Very, like, under-the-radar fun. Yeah. Gives the funny one-liners every now and then, and that's yeah. all. Yeah. I have no idea where he's going to end up, honestly. Like, I think he's making it really deep. But not winning. He does feel... He still feels like Dr. Mike. I really think he might end up literally in Dr. Mike's position. Like, huh. they might just reuse... Like, they might have just left the, um, <laughs> like, footage on... Like, they might have just, like, had a template. And they're like, all right, so he got a con- confession. Like, I actually... That would be kind of fun to do. Like, if you, like, did, like... uh, Did Dr. Mike get a confessional in this time frame... Like, this five-minute span. Uh, <laughs> did Mike get one? Because I feel like their edit is, like, literally spot-on together. Yeah. Um, obviously, Mike's gone to Tribal and Dr. Mike didn't, but other than that, I don't see a meaningful difference. Yeah, that's just the way the tribes... Yeah. If it's a Paganging, expect Mike to be the last Goliath. If it's not, I don't know. Hmm. I don't think it's going to be a Paganging, though. I don't think... I, don't, I really don't think... Uh, I guess because one of the stories we should have mentioned, honestly, is Nick's story, which I guess we'll just talk in parallel, um, is that a David can't win this game without a Goliath. Um, Nick's mentioned it multiple times in Confessional and on the Beach, and I think that's super important. But at this point, Mike is just Nick's second vote. Yeah. Uh, Nick was winning if they're going to the end, and I think that's a possibility. Yeah. So I guess we can move on to Nick. Yeah. But I think... After we sort of dismantled Davey earlier in this episode, I think Nick is my top winner pick. Definitely not a bad just choice. Weird, but like, just has a lot of pieces going for him. I think this episode is a little weird. It mm. wasn't as like overtly like strategic in the right ways as you would have expected. But the, and I, think I do this, think it's a little fair because this tribal council is just so weird. It's so jacket based and like, yeah. Yeah, like, this was an over-the-top episode. This was a asterisk kind of episode. Um, and I do think Nick came out of it looking okay. We got to learn oh, he yeah. hates bullies, but he won't stand down. All that kind of stuff's really good. That is Rockstar, it validates his Rockstar Alliance, puts him back firmly in the alpha position in that duo in case it wasn't clear. Um, and yeah, like, Nick's just prime and ready to be there, like... Nick is somebody who I, I, I'm going to continue saying is the person I have the prediction for lasting the longest out of anybody. Mm-hmm. Just because it just makes so much sense. Like, he's got relationships all over the place. He, like, literally on each track. Yes. He has Christian on Tiva, Elizabeth on Vuku, Mike here on Jabeni. Continues to get winner quotes. Um, always looks quite good. He reminds me a lot of Adam Klein. And, it, like, the kind of, like, the, the only weirdness is honestly on the same level of weirdness as uh, Adam Klein got. The single biggest problem with Nick is that he was called lazy in the first episode. Um, and I'm fully on board the train where we dismantled that. Yeah. Where it was like, you just have to show them as a 
why he was such a big yep. candidate to go home first. Because his story is he should have left first, and you can hear that. In, I, I can literally hear Nick's Jeff Probst winner montage, and that is a really good sign. Yeah. Um, like, he was going to be first boot, but uh, <laughs> the Survivor gods gave him another chance. Like, it makes so much sense. Because mm-hmm. I think another kind of story of this season is that Survivor is kind of a game of luck sometimes. And Nick got lucky, and I think they're not. There's no negative to that this season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I really, I really, really think he can win. Um, and that's actually something I love about this season is that like we've listed a bunch of people who I think can win, and one we're, we're pretty, we're decently far in, and often that's not the case. Um, so I'm very happy about that. I think it's getting weirder and worse. Like, but that might just be people. Like, if everyone starts getting flaws, it'll be a little more fun. But yes. like right now, it's. Some people are very clearly rising to the top and others have either just completely weird edits, like what are you doing with Carl and Gabby? Um, Some people have like a few big flaws Mm -hmm. that are pretty big. Um, And then you have people like Christian who you just don't know where to measure. And that's the thing is I think that this, this is a weird case where the cast is so good that it makes edgic a little harder. And that's, that's a ideal, right? Like, where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, um, you can't, like, Elizabeth's a great character, so they're going to show her a bunch, and they're going to show her super complexly and nuanced, but what makes that different than this other person who's the same way? Oh, blah, blah, blah. It makes it just so much more interesting than when it's just like, oh, these one of these four people's going to win, and if not, it's because yeah. uh, whatever. Like, if there's a clear reason. Um, this one, it feels like there's a big group of people who are relatively equal in my mind. Yeah, it's... If they're not equal, it's certainly interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. Whereas this last episode, you had a lot of people who were just, like, drawing dead, and you also didn't really have anything interesting to grasp on with them. Yeah. Like, at this point, you'll have, like, Libby and Chelsea and Bradley and Sebastian and Jenna, even. Like, they're all doing weird, under-the-radar things that aren't exciting. Yes. And it's just... mm. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like... I don't know. With that, this season's been so good. Almost everyone has a story. The only person who doesn't is Allison. Uh, and her story yeah. kind of exists. It's just... She's And it looks terrible. like it's coming up. Yeah. Either with a quick end or something. Yeah. Bizarre. I really think... I don't think she's lasting much longer. Um, so, yeah. That's that. Uh, yeah. So, to cap off all this interesting winter edit talk, we finish with our biggest fool... Cue like the violin. The, uh, Farewell, Natalie. What? What an interesting character. Like, I get that she was one note and she never learned anything, but that's exactly what makes her so captivating, I think, yeah. is that at no point, despite literally people pulling her aside and being like, Natalie, stop. You're not playing this right. Did Natalie ever stop and she always believed in herself (laughs) (laughs) Um, she never gave up always believed in herself was committed she was loyal committed to her the people that she committed herself to i see no problem with natalie i don't see him (laughs) kellen is that you (laughs) yeah it's fascinating like uh somehow she embodied a lot of the things that are stereotypically shown as positives for a survivor player yet was over the top (laughs) negative every episode um, showed absolutely no self awareness whatsoever at any point. It's like I think she's a really interesting casting choice because 
it's clear she didn't have any awareness of how the game is played. Like, she's talking from episode one about how, why is everyone targeting me? I'm, like, a 58-year-old woman. As though, like, from the onset, it's all about strategy, strategy, strategy. and It worked, though. If Honestly, if she was a little less terrible, <laughs> I think she had a... I think she, Natalie is one of those people who, if... Like, she was so terrible that she survived... If she toned it down a little bit on the Swap Tribe, I think she would have had a good shot to go really, really, really deep. I think if you have a season like Redemption Island where you don't have swaps and you have yeah. one tribe outpowering the other, yeah, she goes far like Philip did. But I think in Modern Survivor where there's lots of swaps, lots of small tribes, that's a problem. Yeah, I really think if she, if even if they swapped to two tribes of eight or something... I feel like Natalie has a way better chance of staying. Like, yeah, I really think that in a way she is the person who got swap fucked. Um, like, honestly, even replace, <laughs> like, even replace uh, Mike and Angelina with, like, even honestly replace Mike with almost any other Goliath, and I think she might be okay. But I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, poor Natalie, robbed from the game. Um, but not from our hearts. Not from our hearts. And not of her jacket. And definitely not of her jacket. She saw right through Angelina. Um, yeah. Angela definitely voted out yeah, her. She did. And not Lyrsa. 100%. Saw right through her. Caught that <laughs> snake. Honestly, one of the greatest post-eviction uh, or post-vote out like segments. Like, so good. Yeah. Just one of the greatest ever. Um, and honestly, Natalie, I think, represents a very old school editing. Uh, like, she reminds me a lot more of, like, old school Survivor, where, like, like Roger was just over the top negative the entire time, and that was okay. Um, like, there was no yeah. nuance at all to Natalie at any point, other than maybe in this episode where she likes the storm. Um, oh, and we can't forget that she, like, lit fire instantly. Yes. Yeah, she would have been a threat in this fire-making uh, twist that's coming yeah. up. Um because, yeah, she, like, literally shoots fire from her hands, from what I can tell. Um, and see, I think her strategy was to, like, make everyone else make the fire. So yeah, keep it hidden. Natalie knew how. But, like, when no one was looking, she just, like, instantly light fire. And that bowl, like, like for people who don't know, if you rewatch the episode, there's just, like, this cutaway scene where... Where she's like, I'll make fire, because she wants to boil the eggs. And she, like, strikes the flint once... <laughs> And it, like, blossoms into flame. It's, like, the biggest fire you've ever seen in one (laughs) flint thing. Like, I don't know. Girl has a knack for fire. Maybe that's actually why she stayed. I don't know. (laughs) And I think that was the moment when the edit validated everything she ever said. Like, she's like, I don't have all the answers. I just have most of them. And we're like, ha, 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 ha. You don't know how to make fire. You don't know what you're doing. This was their, like, little wink of, like, no, she's just really weird. Like... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> she's a witch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think she's one of the, like, made the season so fun. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe we would have got a little tired of her if uh, she stayed any longer. So maybe she stayed just the perfect amount. Um, I would have wished for a little bit more, though. Mm, I think that's one of those times where you wish for too much and then, yeah, you do. Yeah, like if the monkey's paw and... finger p- curls down, like. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's possible because, but like, <laughs> our tribal answers were so good. I just want Natalie <laughs> at every tribal council, even if she's not playing. Natalie to replace Jeff. Probably. Yeah, honestly. 
And like, like the best part was when she just cut Jeff off, and then he's like, "Oh, go ahead." And then she started asking everyone <laughs> questions one on one. Like, she like she, <laughs> I think she did make a pitch for why she should replace Jeff Probst. Oh man. Um. And yeah, like. Yeah, that's it. Farewell, Natalie. Uh, I'm wearing a so red yeah, shirt today in your honor. What's the red shirt for? Over the top negative five. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> It's like, why aren't you wearing a jacket? Yeah. Lime green members only. So yeah, that's Jabani. I guess if they go back, maybe Larissa goes. Like, but they they made it sound like it'd be Angelina. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. Like, it's gonna be fun, but we'll see. All right, Joe, who is winning Survivor Thirty Seven? David versus Goliath. Jeff Probst. He got the episode title quote so um like i said i think it's nick is my top pick right now i feel really unsure like last week i was all aboard the davy train and i was like davy's doing so good like wow i take a lot but i guess this was a lot i mean davy's still up there christian's up there it can't really say anything wrong and then it's sort of people i don't feel so great about like john kara mike yeah that's about it fair, as far fair. as people i want to name <sighs> who is my number one let's go uh <laughs> uh why is it pulling me to gabby um let's do it i'd say gabby's my number one forget what i said earlier um perhaps you're responsible but it just feels right next up would be some combo of christian and davy and nick um, what happened to kara I, I don't know. I think of, I don't know. That's the thing. As I got, honestly, that group of people, Kara, Davey, Christian, Gabby, Nick, John, all are almost equal in my mind. And that frustrates me to no end. Uh, normally, I'm pretty good at cataloging my ranking. Uh, but mostly out of this is what I would love the most is the new story that we've never seen before. And Gabby somehow pulling it out. Um and it's the only one I could really see happening in my mind. So yeah. that's what I'm going with. Um, I like that, though. That's what makes us, like, so different is that, like, you will, like, flip everything. Yeah. And, like, pursue wild things. Whereas I will, like, hold on to things forever. And that's great for, I think, this cast. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Uh, is, like, I'm just in amazement at how well they've managed to genuinely make me be able to see the path of the winner in, in my mind, six people. But there are some people yeah. who, like, honestly, I, like, I think for casual audiences would still be in consideration. Obviously, they're not thinking about it, but, like, I think subconsciously everyone edicts. They just don't realize it necessarily. <laughs> um, and I think it's kept it open for a lot of people to win, even in the casual Oh, yeah. Mind. Like, I was going to mention that, like, our edic is not necessarily casuals. And we post there, we love you guys. Love you, RH. I'm saying they just happen to be in the line of conversation. But they have put a different winner contender also for every episode. And I think that's great. Yeah. It shows how how good the season is. Who's their number one right now? They, the last episode, they had John as their number Ooh, one. Ooh, I'd be okay with that. Like, everyone knows I, I would love that. I definitely think <laughs> it's possible. Um, but they also had – it was, like, really close because they do, like, a number. Yeah, it's a percentage. To, yeah. So I think, like, John was at 3.85, and then their fourth contender was, like, Davey at 3.81. Okay, So cool. it's super close between, like, those two and then Christian and Nick. So 
Okay, so they're not really considering Kara and Gabby. That's interesting. On Unspoiled, uh, number one is Kara. I haven't looked at Unspoiled yeah. all. That's where I mostly season. at. If uh, I don't know. at Hip Hop, maybe it's just it, it's like a lot of uh, barriers. Like I have to log in. Whereas it's a lot. Yeah. is already logged in. I can just yeah. browse anytime. I yeah. But. For me, I'm I am so obsessed about no spoilers whatsoever. Anything anyone even potentially maybe being spoiled. Uh, that I like to stick to uh, unspoiled, but whatever. Uh, um, our edgic actually just put in a thing saying they won't. Let yeah, that's people super cool. Who, yeah, that's great. They won't let people who browse spoilers or whatever yep. to post, which is excellent. So, uh, who is leaving next, Joseph? Um, I think is a wild last pre-merge episode, and Allison goes. I think Allison goes. And, and just watch Lyrsa go after I've predicted her to leave every episode. <laughs> uh, and we're left with a fascinating merge. Like, yeah. uh, all 13 of these people are great. Yep. If you dump Allison, like, I don't particularly like Lyrsa, but, like, she's a way better character than Allison. Get Allison out like, of there. Perfect You can merge. think of, like, every member of this 13's story through the pre-merge. Yes. Like, and it's a, con- like, concise line you can put one sentence to it and it makes sense. Yeah, they all have they all have a story. I have no idea what the alliance necessarily is going to be. Like Yeah, the logistics are the biggest sticking point. Yeah, and I, that's fun. Like like <laughs> I kind of have a picture of who's going to be there near the end, but I don't have a picture of how or and like it doesn't even be confirmed. Like there's a lot of people who I'm like, yeah, they're either making it really far or they could just get randomly blindsided compared to like Another season that, I, like, at this point, I was pretty, like, oh, I love the balance editing in Triple H. But it was super obvious to me, anyway, that the, the the final four I called on episode one. This one, I don't have anything like that even yet, despite his balance editing or anything. Like, no one's, like, really coming off like they are, like, destined to be in the end and just which one's going to win. Um, so I find that super fun. And I just love that I could honestly like no one looks like a losing finalist to me necessarily. No one looks like like no one looks like a goat. And that's awesome. Yeah. I would say if the other two tribes are going, it's probably Alec or maybe Lyrsa. But like I have this creeping thing that we haven't had our shock pre-merge boot yet. And I'm like, what if it's Angelina? Oh, no, 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 no. That's not even... Uh, t- <laughs> let's cut that. Um, let's not will that into existence. Angelina's bulletproof. Come at her. She's got five idols. Angelina, one of the rare people I would be okay with winning like Ben. jackets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she left her idols in Dan's jacket, unfortunately. Oh, that's more jacket. Yo, jackets are our theme in this season. Mm-hmm. We should have put that in our story. Jacket watch 2018. Yeah. The winner is going to have a jacket. The winner is wearing this very jacket. The winner's jacket. New podcast name. <laughs> All right. So that concludes our show. Uh, <laughs> we have a website at thewinnersedit.wordpress.com. There's a contact form there where you can send us uh, some nice messages. Or if you want, you can spit some Natalie Napalm at us if you want us to fix anything. Oh, no. There's no more Natalie There's Napalm. There's not. I just realized uh, how sad that, that was. That stinging sensation that will feel when you hate on us. Uh, that's the Natalie Napalm. Alternatively, you can dir- email us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. If you have any questions, uh, we'll try and touch on it in the show uh, to make our show better. Uh, there's no S on that because we can't afford it with the Googles. Um, new episodes are Fridays, Saturdays, or Sundays. 
whenever we have time to record. We share on our Survivor, our Edgic. Uh, share with your friends. I'm sure they are missing out on a fun Edgic podcast. Uh, we're on all major podcast catchers. If there's one that you're using for whatever reason and we don't show up, let us know. Pretty sure we have all covered. Um, review us on iTunes. If you want, we have show notes. Read there. We'll put any helpful links we can think of in there. Um, and with that, all I have to say is, Natalie? Natalie? Is there any way... I can have your jacket? I can have your jacket. Natalie? Natalie? Natalie?